What's up, everybody? This is Riley O'Brien here with Justin Treese, Austin Cunningham, and Doug Anderson, and we are Talking Football. We're going to be giving you a deep dive look into the Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars, and my future AFC North division champions, the Cleveland Browns. We will also take your Twitter questions and talk about Cam Newton, Derek Carr, and Jameis Winston. We'll also be talking about if Austin and myself would give up drinking if it meant the Jaguars or Chiefs were making it to the Super Bowl, as well as our thoughts on the AAF. All right, boys, let's talk some football. A lot of stuff happening right now. The AAF was shut down. What are your guys' thoughts? Too young, man. Too young to die. I loved the AAF. I thought it was great. You were really excited about it. And I remember when you asked Treese and I earlier last year if we were excited for it. It was kind of like, yeah, not really. When I saw it coming out, looked like the quality of play was there. Started seeing some of the names. We were talking a couple weeks ago, like maybe some of these guys will get invited to camp. And next thing I know, they don't. Sounds like the players don't know much more than the general public does. Well, no, it's it's over. It's done. They left their players out to dry. Like, they didn't give them a way to get home. If their rooms weren't paid for past today, they were getting kicked out. All their belongings in their car, nowhere to go. It's a, it's a mess. What caused it to collapse? Trees, Austin, do you guys have any intel there? Um, yeah, just one of the guys that was funding it the most, funding $250 million, he uh, just pulled it, pulled the plug, said that it wasn't worth his money or its time anymore. And when, I mean, this happens to every com- a lot of companies, right? Not just football companies. This happens to a lot of, like, general companies, especially in the tech industry, where they just go, there's people that just say, hey, I've had enough. I don't see the my investment um, being worth the risk anymore. And that's basically what happened. Was it a lack of attendance at games? I know the Stallions games, Doug, you went to. They were pretty. The Stallions games, they were low. But from what I was hearing was with each game, whether it was for Orlando, uh, Memphis, the Birmingham Iron, like they were starting to gain a pretty good following. Like it was picking up. Yeah, I mean, in the end, the hard thing is like NFL already has like a minor league system, right? It's called college football. Yep. And that's kind of what they wanted the AAF to be. And I'm with you. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, every weekend I had I had games on. You know, I wasn't like sitting down and watching every play like I do with college football and with the NFL. I was, you know, always like doing stuff around the house, but I always had it on. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing players that I watched in the NFL or in college and be like, oh, Look, this dude's still alive. This guy's still playing ball. That's awesome. Like, super cool. Um, I think the idea was great. Um, them really wanting to focus and try to get, like, support from the NFLPA clearly just wasn't working. And I think that's more because the NFLPA is like, we got what we needed out of college football. Austin, did you watch any games? I don't know what team was closest to you in Kansas City. Um, how closely were you following it? Um, I wasn't following it too much, but that first week that it came on, you know, it was definitely it was nice to have football back. You know, the season had just ended. Chiefs had that tough loss. So just to kind of get a new taste of football here and, you know, get a new realm and see something build. And then some guys, you know, that had done well in the college or 
had done well, decent in the NFL, and then we're kind of looking for their second chance. I think this was a huge opportunity for a lot of small, a lot of small school guys. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular, which I'm sure you guys might have seen his little piece uh, for the Arizona Hotshots. His name was Dion Holloman. We actually went to the same school, Missouri State, and that kid was a stud. He is a stud. Hurt his foot his senior year, so he got to put up no numbers. There was a new quarterback issue, an issue had happened at the university, and he had just kind of done everything on his own. I mean, he's fast, he's strong, and he's very, very good at football. So seeing him get the opportunity was awesome. You know, I kind of had that that tie with it for the AAF. So to see that go away and then see everything that he went through and then he had finally overcome getting into the AAF and then all of it just being taken away like that, I feel bad for him and everyone else that was in it. You know, all the media members, everyone else that was, you know, getting their foot in the door for a sports media aspect. And all of it's just taken away. Like, just at the snap of a finger, it's all gone. And I'm kind of hoping there's someone that will just slide in and be like, you know what, I do see some potential in this. Because it does have great potential. I mean, they're on CBS, they're on Bleacher Report Live, they're on the major TV stations. They just don't have the funding. And I don't think they put enough thought into the financial aspect of the league. And I think a lot more things came up than they thought. And that led to the funding being removed from the owner. I think it's the Carolina Hurricanes owner is the one who did the major funding and took all of it out. I believe it's him. Yeah, yeah the Hurricanes owner. He's probably not the – he's probably like public enemy number one when it comes to the sporting industry right now, at least football, because reading some of the players and media members like you are talking about, um, just their reactions, it was heartbreaking. Like uh, a friend of the show, Jordan Leslie – made a really sad post. We really hope the best for him. Um, there were people where their, like I said, their belongings were in their car within hours of finding out with nowhere to go. Um, man, talk about just like a straight punch to the face when it comes to trying to reach your dreams. Poor Johnny Manziel has gotten fired from two gigs and lost his wife in the last two months. Did you guys see his, did you guys see his head injury from the, from his last game? Uh, uh, Dude, when he got up, he was like dragging his feet. He could barely move. Has oh, he not seen Friday Night Lights? <laughs> exactly. Booby Miles. Booby Miles. This dude lost his wife. What happened there? Oh, they. She just left him. Yeah. She, it's not like she died. I wouldn't make a joke. Shit, about dude, that. you scared me and Austin. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, no, she just did, left him. I did see his tweet about uh, getting your bread stuff like that and uh oh yeah <laughs> i don't know man it, it is sad i think the quality of play was it definitely surpassed what i expected it to be um i think we're all in agreement there but yeah it's unfortunate to see that happen thank goodness though that we have talking football that's right we've got the nfl season we have the draft coming up so we've got plenty of football yeah, uh, and so there's no way that the XFL succeeds, right? Like, no, did you, did you see fits, it? There's no way that that succeeds. Yeah, did, did you see that, like, Vince McMahon sold, I don't know how much of his stocks from the of the WWE um, to fund the XFL for, what was it, three years? So I doubt that he'll be able to gain traction, though, because if the AAF, who had great football players had really good fun fast-paced playing but the xfl is going to be driven probably by drama because that's just what the xfl is i i don't think they'll last 
Yeah. Bold strategy, Cotton. See if it yeah. pays off for him. <laughs> I think it will, just because they will have that financial funding. I mean, that's what the AAF struggled with. Because, I mean, they had, what, two or three weeks in, and then all of a sudden they didn't have enough money to pay their players. Yeah. So that was the whole reason why the Car- the Hurricanes owner came in and put that large of an investment in. And then all of a sudden he just takes it out, and boom, the league just crashes like that because of one funding. I feel like that's where the issue is. But with the XFL, they're going to have so much money. Everyone's going to be excited for it. Yes, the AAF just fell through. We've, you know, we've seen that and we've said that enough. But people are going to be wanting more football around that time again. You know, if there's going to be another Johnny Menzel, probably there'll be another Trent Richardson. There'll be more guys that are going to come in looking for their second opportunity or guys that got hurt at lower division schools that didn't get a chance to go to a senior bowl or get an invite to the combine or just all these reasons why it's going to be football again and the XFL will do just fine. When is the XFL? I know it's 2020, but like what type of what time of year is it supposed to be played at? I think like spring and during the summer. I I, want to say that because that would make the most sense for football to be on in between NFL, college football, anything like that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. That's a good question. I'm not too sure about that, though. Treese came up with a really good idea. uh, Trivia question segment he's going to start for us tonight in episode eight here trees yeah you got man all right so i kind of have two so the first one i think we will buy super quick so i'm just going to give you guys that one and then we'll go with the second one so austin and doug which player was responsible for the most percentage of their team's touchdowns and what was that percentage in the nfl in 2018 what the hell Hey, no Google. We're not allowed to use Google either. Stop you. I see you typing. No, no, no. I'm not. I was looking up the XFL schedule. We're past that. I'm on. I'm on our outline here. Calm down. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's all. So, which player is the reason for the most touchdowns in the NFL, and what is their percentage? Correct. In 2018. Of any position. Yeah. Offense or defense? Well, yeah, offense. That's I mean, if you choose defense, you're a fucking idiot. But, yeah, yeah go, go for yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't have done that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, Denzel Ward? <laughs> Is it uh, going to be like an offensive lineman or something? No, offensive linemen don't score touchdowns, dude. Trees. Well, it, you said the reason for it, right? I said responsible. <laughs> responsible. Exactly. You make a key block, boom, there goes the running back. You get that percentage. <laughs> he has a point. That's that. God, it is a fair point, and I, ah, I, I don't like. I don't like that it's a fair point. But, yeah, you take that look back, sir. You take that look back. I saw that. Yeah. All right. So for people that actually score touchdowns, which <laughs> player was responsible for the most, and what was the percentage? Um, Patrick Mahomes, eighty-seven percent. Okay. Doug. Mike Evans, seventy percent. Eh. You think Mike Evans scored seventy percent of the? the... Right, dude, I'm just like spitballing at this <laughs> okay, point because right. I have no clue. Um, are, so are, either, are any of us close? You're you are super close on the percentage, not the player, Austin. Tom Brady? No, I'll just tell you guys. Wait, 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 wait. Is it a quarterback? Yes, it's a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. Negative. Trubisky. Negative. Shit. This is this Russell is Russell Wilson. Boom! There we go. Boom! There we go. And 
And the percentage was 89%. Damn. So 89% wow. of the times that Seattle scored, Russell Wilson was a part of the play, either by running it in or throwing it. Pretty Man. impressive, right? Tip of the hat to Russell Wilson. I'm such a dumbass for saying a wide receiver. I, I just gave up, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the only, the only skilled player that I would have even considered would have been Todd Gurley, right? Because he had, like, 22 touchdowns. But, all right, so we're going to go with um, what percentage of the salary cap does this person own of each team? So, for example, Aaron Rodgers, what percentage of his salary goes towards the team's overall salary in 2019? 32%. 54. Riley? 35. No, you guys are way too high. 13.45%. What? That's it? He's not. Oh, that's. I should know that. So, okay. So he's number five on the list. I'm going to go up. So I'm kind of giving you guys a clue on it's going to go up each time. But. Okay. Okay. So Tom Brady, what percentage do you think he is? 14. Okay. I'd go 16. 16, yeah. Okay, right. I really like 14, but I will say, I'll say 15. Okay, it's 13.75. So you guys were super, 14 was super close. So it's it's point, point 0.3 higher than Rodgers. So these $100 million contracts that are guaranteed really have no meaning at all. Yeah, like 13, 13% of your 100% for the entire team is going to that player. What it means is your team's financial guy is a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. And again, some of these some of these deals, right, like are always backloaded. So like when you see like the Lions did a great job of it this year, right? So like Trey Flowers, I want to say he's only making like six million dollars this year, but then next year he's making like eighteen million, right? Like mm. so so and I'm only talking 2019. The number two highest in the NFL, Kirk Cousins. What percentage do you think he is? I'm going to stick with 15. Okay. 14.2. Okay. They gave him a good contract. I'm going to say 20. 20%. Doug, you were right. 15.15. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, this one I'm going to ask it in a different different way. Who was who the highest percentage out of any player in the NFL for 2019, where his salary cap hits the team. Besides being a quarterback. No. Quarterback I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, it's a quarterback. Derek okay. Carr. Who takes up the most salary cap? Derek Carr. Derek Eli Carr. Manning. Eli Manning. Uh, I don't know why I'm putting so much thought into this. Yeah, why are you? Just say name. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Jimmy G. Okay. I'll rephrase this because all of you guys are wrong. This <laughs> this quarterback has zero playoff wins. Matthew Stafford. That was going to be my second guess. I almost said it, but I didn't want to interrupt Doug. <laughs> Dude, it, is Matt, it is Matthew Stafford at 15.24% of the team's salary cap. That is what Matthew Stafford hits this year. Wow. Quite a bit, right? Do you guys mind if I just call it a night? You guys finish this episode. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thanks for all you guys do.
Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's, See you, those, these questions, the second you started asking this question, I'm like, dude, Rogers only makes 13% of Green Bay's salary. Like, I don't know, Matthew, if you're listening to our podcast. If you are, <laughs> you should. Please, let's get a playoff one this year. Let's get multiple playoff wins this year. Also, Matthew, Matthew, if you are listening, Matthew, my condolences to your wife. That is very tough news to hear, and I hope everything is okay. For real. Yeah, that's terrible. That's said. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so that's that's trivia. Um, I'm going to come up with even more elaborate ones as we go. I'll try to stick with one, but I just thought both of those were pretty fun to play uh, for this first time. But each, each episode will end up doing uh, one per episode now. So... Treese or Austin, would you guys give up drinking for your teams to make it to the Super Bowl? And we we don't know if they're going to win or not. We That's just right. know that they are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Will we go at least 12 months with no alcohol? Austin, you go first. And we don't know if they win or lose. Don't yep. know if you win or lose. Because if, if, if you knew they were going to win, the answer is an easy yes. Okay, well, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> my my thing here is, this is for multiple, right? So I'll say the first year. They make it to the Super Bowl the first year. That's awesome. First time I've seen them in my lifetime. First time a lot of people have seen it in their lifetime. They went to the first Super Bowl. They went to the fourth Super Bowl, and that's it. So <laughs> I am ready to see this happen. I thought it would happen with Smith. God, I hope it happens with Mahomes this next year. Let's get this defense rolling. We'll get more into that here in a little bit because I know what they need to do. <laughs> so to answer, yes, I would give up drinking for them to make it to the Super Bowl the first time. If they lose that, am I good to drink? After that? Nope. You know they're I going mean, the very next year. Yeah, but... I mean, you drink. You just say that they can't go to the Super Bowl the, ne- the second year. Yep. So what do I do when I'm sad? Not <laughs> Okay, that sounded awful. That sounded <laughs> awful. <laughs> I, just to be clear here, I only drink when I'm out, like, with other people. Like, if we're out at a bar, we're out at a restaurant, I'll drink. Not just like, oh, I'm sad, alcohol. So let's get that cleared up right now. Thank you. Hey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm okay. We we know hydration is important, dude. We got your back, brother. That's what Natty Light's for, man. There's enough water in there. You get hydrated while you drink. Let's go. There you go. Here's 97% water, dude. Healthy as fuck. <laughs> Y'all did. That was not an advertisement. However, Natty Light, if you do want us to advertise, let's get in touch. Yeah, and pay off my student loans, please. <laughs> All right, Therese, what about you? So, for me, my answer was simple. I literally only drink because of Jaguars. That's the only reason I drink. Like, (laughs) you guys have fucking made my life miserable for over 15 years. So, would I give up drinking if I knew you guys were winning? Fuck yeah, because I wouldn't need to. I'd be a happy person. So, um, yeah. Fuck it. I, I'll go toss out my tequila and my beer out of my fridge right now if it te- if you're telling me that Big Dick Nick is taking us to the Super Bowl the next two years. Yeah, Blake Bortles would help you toss him out if he was still on team, but he would throw it off an offensive line's uh, helmet. 
Oh, that's a low blow. Dude. <laughs> hey, it comes from a Lions fan. It's all love. I just, you know me, dude. I'm my quirky personality. I, I watched that replay over and over and over. Just saw that ball, boom, right off his helmet. <laughs> And, and then as, Austin referenced it in the episode, I don't know, four or five or something, and it was just funny, dude. That's yeah, great. No, I mean, I, I think I think that's really good insight from two people that love football and happen to like drinking. And so, so basically, the answer is yes. And we'll probably throw this up on a Twitter poll or even just have people's responses because this is a pretty good question. Crystal balls segment. Uh, which is, we are going to talk about a few quarterbacks, and we're going to say which ones are going to do well, which ones are going to do bad, and what do you expect from them. So, Austin, you're, you got a quarterback that's coming off of a major surgery, um, and he had an MVP year not that long ago. What, four years ago? So what do we got out of Cam Newton this year? I think, I think this will depend on where they go in the draft. Um, you know, like you said, he's coming off surgery this this off season, and he, he I put it in a report that I did last week as well. He's one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league. Um, I actually wrote that in my whole nine sports mock draft. I um, kind of got roasted for that as well. So if you guys want to go take a look at it and partake in that, go ahead, be my guest. Anywho, so with Cam Newton here, they're definitely going to need to get protection for him in the draft. I think they should go offensive lineman. They need to get protection. He needs to stop getting hit so much. He's done a better job at putting himself in position to not get hit. As often, you know, he's not as running as much, but when he needs to, he will. With Kishram, oh my word. <clears throat> With Christian McCaffrey <laughs> coming into this next season, you know, he's he's seen the NFL. He's dominated. He had a great year last year. Didn't get very much recognition for it. So I think this next year they're going to de- develop him even more into the offense, which is going to be great. DJ Moore coming into his second season. I think he's really going to start to hit his stride. He was doing well towards the end of the season. I had him on my fantasy team just because I wanted to see how he developed through the year, and his numbers did grow through the season. So I think both of those guys are going to be their future, and then I can see them in the second or third round getting a wide receiver, you know, getting him a big, fast guy for Cam instead of just sticking with the small, fast guys. Um, They need some height, you know. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin definitely didn't work out there. He got lazy. They got rid of Funches, which I think was a good move for him as well. And so now they're just heading into a new direction. They need to protect him. He's got weapons. So, again, back to my point here, I think he will have a good season this upcoming season if he's healthy from surgery, if he rehabs right and goes through therapy correctly and does everything like he needs to, which I'm sure he will. He's a competitor, former MVP. So I think this next season and the next two years, he's going to be really well and get back to his dominant self. So Carolina was – what, what, what did they start, like like 6-2 and two or something, and then they had a streak of five straight losses or something like that? Trees, do you know? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that is right. They were top of they the were... NFC right there with um, the Saints. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I was really surprised. The Lions kind of beat them on a fluke, two-point failed uh, conversion attempt, and Cam just missed the guy in the end zone. Um, but, yeah, I was curious to see. See, I mean, he was an MVP a couple of years ago, like you said, Treese. And if if all those things happen that Austin just laid out, it might happen again. Doug, Derek Carr. So Derek Carr, I mean, think of the what the Raiders have done this off season, everywhere, um, signing a lineman, being able to acquire AB, uh, Tyrell Williams, 
in all honesty, Derek Carr, to me, is going to have the best year of his career. Um, last season, even with who he had as receivers, he still threw for over 4,000 yards. Um, and this year, he has two great receivers. Um, Antonio Brown, definitely better than Tyrell Williams, but I do see Tyrell Williams being hard, heavy, great um, addition at wide receiver two. Um, I'm making a prediction now that he throws for 4,300 yards, 33 touchdowns. And the one thing that I think that they need, though, is a tight end. Um, I mean, this draft is deep at tight end, so they shouldn't have a problem getting one. And with their first-round picks, I would, I, I doubt that they'd take a tight end in the first round, but they have the ability to. Um, but, yeah, no, David Carr – or, sorry <clears> – <throat> But yeah, Derek Carr, he's going to have a wonderful year. Love it. Treese, talk to us about Jameis. Yeah, Jameis Winston. Man, fall from the podium there, huh? Uh, Number one overall pick. Uh, In and out of the lineup last year with Fitzpatrick taking over. Uh, It just careless with the ball he just does not does not give a shit you could see that in hard knocks that was like the funnest part about hard knocks when it was with tampa bay was watching the coaches get super mad at him on just his just horrible throws so but fitzpatrick's gone they've said that winston's the man they bring in bruce arians bruce arians is an offensive genius and uh, he he did awesome with Carson Palmer in it in Arizona. I think that he'll be able to do the same with Winston. Um, the weapons are there, right? So when he when they were with um, Arizona, you had no one really besides Fitzgerald and DJ. And now you got guys like Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You got AJ or sorry OJ Howard. And running backs, that's that's the issue, right? Like you don't know you don't know really what they're gonna do there at this point. But I think Winston's gonna be Winston's gonna be solid. So I'm gonna say he has somewhere around like 4,800 yards, 30 touchdowns. I think he's probably still gonna be in that like 18 to 20 interceptions though, and then probably in that like low 60 percent, just like his whole career, he's been in that low 60 percent. So you know, at 18 to 20 interceptions, that's still usually first or second in the league in interceptions. Yep. I like that, though. So when I thought of these three quarterbacks, I didn't think of this, but the answers you guys just gave, rank these three head coaches for me. John Gruden, Ron Rivera, Bruce Arians. Who's the best coach? Uh, Bruce Arians will be my number one. I just love Bruce Arians. That's just me, though. Number two? Uh, Gruden and then Rivera. I'd actually go Rivera, then Gruden, and then Arians. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna go Rivera, uh, Arians, Gruden. Interesting. State of your franchise. We were gonna talk about uh, areas that each of these franchises need improvement this upcoming season during our last episode, until we realized. There's just too much to talk about. So we're going to clean this slate right now. Let's talk Chiefs, Browns, and Jaguars. 
being a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you know it's great right now. Um, it's an awesome experience. We got our quarterback finally. Our defense, we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. You know, our offense is on the right roll. Our offensive line set. You know, we lost our center. You know, Austin Reader's got to come in and play. He can fill that role, and I think that's where they'll go here in the draft as well. And then, you know, of course, Tyree Kill, wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Robinson. I think these guys are going to step in. Travis Kelsey, of course, at tight end now. On without any argument from anyone, the best tight end in the league. If you say George Kittle, get out of here. Give him another year or two. Right now, it's Travis Kelsey. If he's on in a game, you're not stopping the Chiefs. The dude goes for 100 yards. Just give the Chiefs the win because that's all that's going to matter right then and there, no matter how shitty their defense is. So, Austin, what is your favorite move that the Kansas City Chiefs made? Was it the Honey Badger so far? Uh, Absolutely. That and firing Bob Sutton. You know, I think I said this in our first episode that I never want to be the guy that goes for someone's job and tells them, you know, this guy should be fired because he worked hard enough. He's been through enough. You know, who knows what's going on in his personal life before reaching the point of getting the dream as a defensive coordinator and to hold it for that long. You know, you're doing something right. But his time in Kansas City was up. You know, they need a new face. They need a new attitude. They need a new voice in there. And so bringing in Spagnuolo, I think, was a great decision. You know, he was able to take a year off football, and he said it in his opening press conference as well, that taking that year off was good and bad for him. You know, he was able to get away from the game, but he missed so much of it. He missed that locker room atmosphere. But his best part was just getting to sit back and watch football again. How, uh, what does their defensive coordinator search look like? I know with the Lions, there was, you know, five, six names that you heard, and then suddenly we hired Darabevel, who I'd never heard. I've heard of him, but not in that search. What was this Chiefs defensive coordinator search like? You know, it was definitely just a big, giant question mark with them, honestly, just because you had no idea which direction they were going to go. I don't think they wanted to bring in a 3 4 guy. You know, we had seen enough of that. So, you kind of had a feeling they would go in the 4-3. You just didn't, you know, you there were some names that were up there, but none of them just seemed to fit what would go well. And so Andy Reid, you know, he went back to guys that he's coached with the, before and guys he's had on his staff, and that was Spagnola. You know, he has experience as an NFL head coach as well, run the very successful defenses and won Super Bowl, I believe Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken. So having him come into Kansas City was awesome. It's going to be great to have that experience as well. He's not going to come in and question everything Andy Reid does. Um, the Jets head coach, what was remind me his name again, talks real loud, hates the Patriots. Adam Gase? No. Oh, Rex from last Ryan? year? No, from a while back. Rex Ryan. Yes, Rex Ryan. So bringing in Spagnola, you know, a guy that was familiar with Andy Reid and the way he likes to run things, it's better than a Rex Ryan with a guy that you fear would come in be a distraction in the media and trying to overrule Andy Reid in some aspects of how they handle things. So Spagnuolo was a great hire in that aspect as well. So moving forward with the Chiefs and where I think they should go here in the draft as well, a lot of people are you know, saying they need to get a defensive edge, they need to get a cornerback. I think they filled those needs decently enough to where they don't have to go there in the first round. They're not going to feel as pressured to have to move up into the first round and grab someone that's going to make a difference right away. So I think this is where they get a Bradbury or Bradbury for a center, you know, get a guy that's going to come in, take over the role and be there for 10 plus years. Like Daniel Jeremiah has said before, I heard him say it today, actually over a review about him. So I think that's a great pickup for the Chiefs. You get a guy that's going to protect Pat. You get him in the first round. You solidify that position, and you move on with your offensive line. 
because the Chiefs offensive line, I believe, has been set for the past three or four years. And that's that's huge for an offensive line. You know, I mean, guys that have grown and developed together, they're getting paid, they're happy, they've seen success, they faced injuries, and they've got through all of it together. And so now they're all on the same page. They know what they're chasing, and they know what they want. So bringing in a guy like Bradbury who's going to come in, he's going to be molded into that. You know, that feeling of wanting success is contagious, especially when, you guy, when you're snapping the ball to Mahomes. You know, if you got a guy like Mahomes' hands up in your butts, underneath, up underneath your butt and under your nuts, I mean, you think you got to be doing something right. You know what I mean? You know, it sounds a little weird, but <laughs> at the same time, that's what it is. So that's kind of where I think the Chiefs should go here in the draft as well. Relative to last offseason, so how you felt April 2018, what's different for you as far as your expectations this offseason? Well, last offseason, you know, they'd already traded Alex Smith. And so it was coming into you only heard about the success of Patrick Mahomes in practice the year before and in that game against Denver. So a lot of the guys that got right for the Chiefs here for Arrowhead Pride and these other local sites that, you know, they only focus on the Chiefs, they were just putting out just blasting film with Patrick Mahomes against that Denver game. And I, it's not that I necessarily thought it was a fluke or anything. You know, you definitely saw the talent. You saw the arm angles, you know, breaking tackle in a pocket, you know, breaking a blitz tackle and then still getting the ball on a third and 12 to an Albert Wilson for the first down. Like that was stuff that you saw a brightness in and you think, you know, we can see some success here, but I was still going in the mindset of we had Alex Smith. I wanted him to have that extra year. You know, I think they just missed it because of the defense. There was still a possibility Bob Sutton might get fired and you'll see that change. But Andy Reid stuck to him. You know, he's a very loyal coach and that's the reason why Bob Sutton stuck around another year. If the Chiefs had made it to the Super Bowl, he'd still probably be their def- defensive coordinator. I can honestly say that. I know that he would have been. Um, so last year was more of a fact of how well is Patrick going to do? Will he be able to lead this team? Is he going to come out just, you know, guns a hoe, throwing the ball all over the place and throwing multiple interceptions a game, but leading the Chiefs close, you know, keeping them in games, making the games more exciting? I definitely didn't expect the type of dominance, dominance of 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. So I have a question for you. If you could make a guess right now what their record's going to be next year, what would it be? You know, I'd love to say they're going to be undefeated. You know, I took a long pause to see how sarcastic I wanted to be with that answer. (laughs) But uh, I honestly, what were they this past season? 10 and 5 or 11 and 5? 12 and 4. They yeah, were 12 and 4. four. I could see a similar 12 and 4, 11 or 10 and 5 type of season just due to the fact that, uh, or 12 and 4, 11 and 5. Yes, get my numbers right there. Math, you know, that's just hard. Small school, they didn't teach it very well. Uh, <laughs> anywho, I could see a similar season. You know, they drop a couple close games. You know, the beginning of the season, I could see them dropping, losing a couple games, just letting their defense find their footing, let them figure out where they're you know, where everything's going to fit in and how well they are. Because there's a lot of new guys on this defense. I mean, their entire the entire era of what the Chiefs defense has gone. Derek Johnson, gone. Tom Bahali, gone. Alan Bailey, out of there. Dontari Poe definitely not there. You know, he's been gone a couple of seasons. Now you lose Eric Berry, Justin Houston, D. Ford, and you're replacing them with the Honey Badger, uh, Anthony Hitchens, Reggie Ragland. You don't know if he's going to be on the team next year either. So Dorian O'Daniel, is he going to step into that role and fill it? I think he will. You know, a lot of people knocked the Chiefs draft last year, but I think I said this our first episode as well. 
I don't think it's a bad draft at all. I mean, every single player that was drafted has the potential to start this next season for the team and leave an impact. Armani Watts, a guy you got in the later rounds, he's about to be your starting safety next year to Honey Badger. Okay? Dorian O'Daniel, he's about to be a starting linebacker. Uh, Derek Nottie, he was starting midway through the season. Uh, Breland Speaks started a couple games when Justin Houston went down. He's going to be solid. He's going to have a comeback year this next year. And a lot of people are going to be saying, wow, that was actually a really good pickup for them to get in the second round when they didn't have a first-round pick last season, right? So all of these guys that they got are going to be able to play, and they're going to leave an impact on the field. Traymond Smith was another guy they got last year out of a small school in Arkansas. Dude comes in, hell of a kick returner. I don't think he'll do much on the defensive side of the ball, but that's a hell of a special teams guy. You know what I mean? That big run they had against the Patriots, I was just waiting for him to bust one and get one into the end zone. I thought it would happen in the AFC Championship game. He was close. It just didn't happen. Lost his footing. I remember that play exactly because I called it before to Mello, and boom, of course, it didn't happen. Chiefs lose. But this entire defense, the draft last year, I don't think they go as much of a defensive focus in the draft this year as they did last year. Like I think a lot of people are predicting, I can't see them getting another offensive weapon as in a tight end or receiver or a running back, maybe all three of the positions, and they get another safety corner D end in the draft. I mean, that's six picks they have over that in the – in the draft, whether they trade up or not, just depending on how the rest of this offseason goes. And I do have a question I, I want to ask you guys here in a second. A lot of people have been saying it. Uh, Andy or Brett Veach said, I'm an aggressive GM. We're not done. You know, we're going to make this team better. They were close. They almost had Earl Thomas. Can you imagine if the Chiefs have Earl Thomas and Honey Badger right now, the, the difference of opinions that would be happening for the Chiefs right now? I mean, you might as well just hand them the Lombardi. Thanks for flipping me off there, Doug. We all saw it. I'll go ahead and call you out right now, okay? <laughs> Dude, if you guys had Earl <laughs> Thomas too, I I just I'd honestly just start treating the Chiefs like I do the Patriots. Well, th- that's exactly what we want. You know how much <laughs> I want to be the Patriots right now, where people think, okay, Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship game. Like, bring it on, dude. Growing up, I had Damien Heward, Brody Coyle, Tyler Thigpen, uh, Matt fucking Castle. Sorry for dropping the F on there, but Matt fucking Castle, are you kidding me? The contract we signed that guy to, a backup. A fucking backup from college to the NFL. Do you want me to read you off the list of quarterbacks that the Browns have had since I've been a fan? That's because you guys can't keep the same damn head coaches. That's your own fault. Dude, how you know how badly I wish we would have kept Mike Pettin as the head coach? I don't know who that is, so no. He's uh, the DC at Green Bay now. Yeah, I, I, I really wish he would have stayed, but because of everything that was going on with Johnny Manziel, he was just set up for failure. So, Austin, is Mahomes' talent, no question. From a leadership standpoint, is he... Does he offer what Tom Brady does in that you can just rotate pieces at the slot receiver? Defense can come and go with the names on the back of the jerseys, and they can just roll out playoff teams every year. My opinion Um, is yes, but what is yours? I would like to say yes. You know, I want to see another season or two before I confidently gave you a direct answer of yes, absolutely. Just because, you know, he did come in with the Travis Kelsey, put a lot of work in with him last year, and then – you know, this past season, the year before with Smith as a quarterback, you know, we got to some looks with the guys, got to train with them, with the DeAndre Robinson and Tyreek and and Chris Conley as well now in Jacksonville. Patrice, you'll be happy to have him. I know we talked about it a little bit last episode as well, but he will do well in Jacksonville. So going into this season, 
He has DeAndre Robinson again. He has Travis Kelsey again. He's got Tyree Kill. I think they're going to be deadlier this year than they were last year. They missed a lot of deep throws that were either overthrown or underthrown or just off target altogether. So he threw 50 touchdowns last year. I can honestly see him throwing more this year. And so for them, to, if they do get a new, you know, they do draft a new tight end or they do get another receiver, let's see how well he gets them into the offense and how trustworthy they become. Then I can answer that on yes, on whether or not they can just filtrate or yep. filtrate the receivers in and out. Sounds fair. So the one area that the Chiefs need to improve this season for you, what is it? Um, not not personnel wise, but um, I actually was with Trees the other day, and I'm like, is it third down? He told me no, they good third down percentage, they led the league in sacks. So from a team performance perspective, what is the one thing that you hope to see change this season? Their their defensive attitude. You know, okay. I feel like they gave up, or they already kind of knew the end result of what the game would be towards the end. Just because I did the same thing, that's what made it so easy for offenses. That's what made it so easy for Phillip Rivers. That's what made it so easy for Tom Brady. And just, you know, these guys that have experience and they've seen it before and they've studied the film and they know what's coming. You know, they faced Bob Sutton before in their career. So, you know, once again, they know what's going to be there and what's open and what's not. So I think the new attitude and then where they go on defense in the draft, uh, I do. I don't think they're done in free agency. This is what I was getting at earlier, but I completely got myself off topic and just started rumbling on. I don't think they're done in free agency. I think they make another another trade, and this was the question I had for you guys. Patrick Peterson or Jadeveon Clowney, if they're offering a second-round pick, do you give that up? Yes. Trees. Yes, on both. On both of them? Yeah. For Patrick Peterson, yes. Jadeveon Clowney, maybe a third. Oh really? I'm exact opposite of you. I would much really? rather, I would I would give up more for Jadavion Clowney than I would Patrick Peterson. Hmm. Yep. That's I fair. mean, just let's say you you know you give up a second round for Jadavion Clowney. You give him a decent you know you don't have to give him a a, a major contract, but he's got to want that. And you're gonna say, well, you haven't been consistent enough. You know, you've been injured. We want you here though. We want to see you produce. So maybe you can get away with a one year deal. You know, one year try it. And you get that guy on your defense. You get Bradbury in the first round at pick 29. You use your two second rounders and you draft up. Who would you be looking for in the early second round then there if you're using both your second rounders to move up into the top 10, five picks of the second round? Who would you be going after? Chauncey Gardner. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, that's exactly what you want on that defense, right? Someone that's versatile that can play. He legit played cornerback for, for the Gators can play man-to-man, can play in the slot comfortably, or he can just be back and play that center field. That's two honey badgers right there on your defense with a Jadeveon Clowney, a Breland Speaks, a Derek Naughty, a Chris Jones, a guy that I haven't even said yet. Yeah, exactly. You're your best defensive player. Yes. I mean, right there. Give yeah. them this, just give them the Lombardi before the season's even up if everyone stays healthy. Love it. So, sorry, you, brought up, you brought up tight, like possibly getting another tight end. Mm-hmm. You guys brought in Blake Bell, right? Yeah, they just signed him. Yeah, so I'm a huge Blake Bell fan. I know he hasn't done much in the NFL, but like his talent, like he's just a freak athlete, and he kind of reminds me of a really, a really poor man's Travis Kelsey. But like he's got that like, like 
at like strong attitude that like is like not afraid to like try to run people over or block and also like is a real athlete. So I think that Blake Bell actually could come in and do a lot of good things for you. All right, good stuff. Austin, love it. Good input, you guys. Uh Doug, let's go to Cleveland. Let's talk Browns. Let's start with this question relative to last offseason at this time. And I can only imagine the answer here. What's changed for you this offseason? For me, for this offseason, or compared to last offseason, oh my gosh, last offseason, I I was I was looking at new teams. Just kidding. I would never do that. Uh, last offseason, I was analyzing every single quarterback down to as many plays as I could find on the internet. Um, I was praying that Hugh Jackson wasn't going to be around. I, last season, off season was one of the most stressful off seasons ever, just because we came off of an zero sixteen season. Um, but this off season, honestly, I've been nothing but smiles from ear to ear with every move they've made, each signing. Um, I OBJ mean, we freaking got OBJ. <laughs> yeah. OBJ, Olivier Vernon, which Olivier Vernon is like I've said in the past, I'm really excited about. Because uh, he's just exactly what they need um, on the opposite end of Garrett. Because Agba wasn't doing us any good. Um, he wasn't providing that pressure that they needed. All the focus was going on Garrett. And Garrett still had 13 and a half sacks. Um, compared to this year from last year, like last year I was thinking offense, offense, offense. What can we do for offense? This year, I mean, there's not really many holes to fill other than getting some secondary help and really just fine-tuning the defense so from a team field on-field performance what do you need to see change what do they need to do different to make the playoffs this year uh become better tacklers and stop the run uh they were atrocious at uh tackling last year and what broke my heart was joe schobert the 2017, he was tied for first in in regards to leading the league in tackles. He was all over the place. This last year uh, was the fourth best coverage linebacker, but I think it was 184th in tackling. Um, I don't know what went on, but he just uh, it, it hurt watching him tackle sometimes, but that was the same with the rest of the Cleveland defense. Whether it was Jamie Collins giving up on a play, um, corners just throwing their bodies instead of wrapping up. I mean, when Alvin when they played uh, the Saints, Alvin Kamara just ran over everybody on the D- Cleveland defense, and that hurt. So if they could figure out their tackling issues, which was Steve Wilkes as their new defensive coordinator, and then also somebody that I really wasn't paying much attention to until they signed him, but Chris Jones. He was the head coach and GM of, um, I can't ever say it, Saskatchewan uh, CFL team. He has a really great background, and as crazy as it is, he was the graduate graduate assistant for Freddie Kitchens when Freddie Kitchens was playing QB in Alabama in 97. So they have some history. They have some background. But the defensive staff is going to be huge in being able to mold a more efficient Cleveland Browns defense. And if I were to think of who they could grab in the draft to help, as weird as it sounds, but it's a third rounder, 
Um, I have at least that's the grade I have for him. That's Tavon Coney from Notre Dame. Dude is great at tackling, great at run defense, and great at coverage. So he's who I would love the Browns to draft, and they could easily get him in the third round. Yeah, I remember the day when Freddie Kitchens was hired. Tree sent us uh, a text. If I read your emotion right, you were kind of surprised. Was I right? Yeah, I was. Um, more because I, I'm just never a believer in hiring the interim head coach to become your head coach. I just never think that that's a long-term success. Um, and you guys could prove me wrong and sh- throw out stats of like it being successful, but I've just never seen one that's been successful for a long period of time. Yeah. The next year it might be successful because everybody's super excited and stuff, but does that wear off? Right. If you're coming in, you were, you're going to be following, they're going to be following what that previous head coach was kind of their philosophy. It's up. Obviously Hugh Jackson was a fucking moron and you're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Right. But at the same time, it's going to be in the back of your head like, oh, like I've heard this. So let me kind of like do it this way and stuff. So for me, I just never think that it's a long term success rate. And, you know, you know what? I'd I'd agree with you a a ton on that. Um, I mean, Freddie Kitchen stepped up huge as the play caller. Um, Greg Williams did his best as the interim head coach. I mean, Greg Williams himself, though, is kind of crazy. I really didn't. I never liked his defense or any of his defensive schemes because he plays very aggressively. And to the Browns defense and who they had drafted and who was on their team, they weren't an aggressive. They, the, the players weren't used to being that aggressive like Greg Williams wants them to be. Jabril Peppers was really the only player that I felt like fit Greg Williams scheme while playing for the Browns. Everybody else, though, especially Joe Schobert, for instance, coverage, um, running around the field, not specifically just bull rushing as much as they could. Um, But in regards to how you say like uh, an interim head coach or a new head coach coming in, I view that the same way that I sometimes view uh, quarterbacks replacing starting quarterbacks is sometimes you don't know their play styles you don't know their schemes they're new to the league so it's kind of hard for certain teams to be able to gauge what they're going to do they're a little unpredictable um so i'm in the same boat with freddie kitchens it's a huge i love freddie kitchens as a person oh my gosh whoop the hell dude is hilarious i love listening to him talk him and baker have a great relationship but i'm not going to say that he's going to be the best head coach um, it's a prove it year. It's a prove it year for him, for Steve Wilkes, for Todd Munkin. Personally, I don't think Todd Munkin stays past this year on the Browns, even if the Browns are crazy successful. I mean, he was in the running to be the New York Jets head coach, and then Adam Gase won that. Um, so I think for Munkin, it's all a prove it year. So, yeah, like you said, they might have a honeymoon year where, damn, we love what we're seeing. But then the next year, I don't know how it's going to uh, portray. Doug, where do you see the this next season of the Browns, how successful or poorly do you see them going this year? Um, so last year they won, uh, their record was seven, eight and one. Um, that tie kills me. It hurts every time I think about it. Um, they only won two road games last year. And I hate that. Like if you're going to try and potentially be a playoff Super Bowl contender type team, 
you have to win road games. Like that's where the make it or break it as to how good how good of a football team you really are. They can win plenty of home games, but if they can't win more than two away games, I don't see them going that far or being all that great. So I know this isn't. I'll, I'll give you a full record, but I want them to win at least four or five road games this year. But their overall record, I'm thinking ten and six is my hope. Like that's what I'm really praying for is ten and six. Um, but I mean, if they win eleven and five, I'm not going to complain. I think that's fair. I mean, the last time, the last time they went ten and six, they barely missed the playoffs. Was that and that was with Derek Anderson? Yes. <laughs> Freaking that year, I remember because I was such a, I was a young little dude. I was ten years old, and I was like, young "Damn, man. this is going to be amazing. They're going to go to the playoffs. I can't believe this is happening. I've never felt this way before." They didn't make it. You're talking about it 12 years later on our <laughs> relatively new podcast uh, and just dreaming of Brown's playoff success. But I think you're right with away or road games, especially because you know that, you know, it's NFL games, it, it's loud, it's, it's boisterous, it's a hostile environment. But the Cleveland Browns are going to have a lot of people gunning for them. You got to just with Baker Mayfield's personality, the star power they've got. They're going to have to perform under a lot of pressure. Yeah, and I mean, Baker Mayfield's really great at making friends on and off the field, but I also think that he, with the way he plays, the way he talks, the shit that he gives out, I feel like he's going to make a lot of enemies on the defensive side of the ball. So there's going to be a lot of people gunning for him. Um yeah, I, I honestly hope the best for them this year. I mean, I'm a Browns fan, clearly. But at the same time, I just want them to win more road games. That's that's going to be the biggest thing. If they can begin to start win and have an over 500 record with in regards to home games, then that's when I'm like, damn, this team, this is it. This is, we're going to go really far. Let's move from Ohio to Florida. Let's talk Jaguars. How are you feeling this offseason versus last offseason? Uh, I'm drinking tequila right now on a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. <laughs> April. That's, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, last year, I was like... Jasmine for bringing that into you. Yeah, seriously. So last year at this time, I was like, fuck it. If it wasn't for a goddamn ref that, that wants to blow the whistle on a Miles Jack recovered fumble where he was going to take it to the house, uh, the Jaguars are in the Super Bowl. So I'm like, we got this. Like this, this team is like, I've never said this. And I'm gonna feel like a fucking idiot, but dripping in swag. Um, <laughs> like, no, All right, that's that, the that, from Trees. Yeah, love it. <laughs> this defense has so much swagger, and I love it. Um, and I really thought like it was AFC Championship again, no doubt about it. Last year, um, and this year, I'm hoping it would be cool if you got to 500. It'd be cool if you got to eight to eight, eight and eight. That's what I'm hoping for. What's the biggest reason for the lowered expectations? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's just looking at this team. There's there's no depth on this team. I'm looking at this roster, and it's like, yeah, the starters. I'm like, I can deal with the starters here, but we all know injuries happen, and there's nothing. So offensive line. 
The left side of the offensive line is a, really is amazing. You got Cam Robinson, who is going to be coming off an ACL injury, but uh, it was super early in the year, so I think he's going to be just fine. You paid Andrew Norwell a shit ton of money last year to come in. He had an above average year, not exactly what we expected, but I mean, it's it, it was solid. Got Brandon Linder at center, who I think is the best center in football. He's awesome. And then the right side of the line is is pretty weak. He, they re-signed AJ Can. Um, he's been kind of the weak link of this offensive line. And then they released Parnell at their right tackle. So right now, obviously, you guys specifically love to draft Jawan Taylor in this at pick seven to kind of take <laughs> that spot. Nah, man, they're taking Dalton Reisner. <laughs> So um, they did take they did take Will Richardson last year in the fourth round. He didn't play any because he got hurt uh, in preseason. So they might give him a shot. He's out of North Carolina State. But in the end, I think they do end up drafting one. I'm just hoping that they don't draft a right tackle at number seven. But that's just me. <laughs> um, Leonard Fournette, please uh. stop. Please stop posting pictures of you sitting next to weights, fucking looking at the camera. Just lift weights, do better, don't get hurt, don't be fat, and just fucking run the ball and do what you were supposed to do. It pisses me off that at four one year, it's his, or sorry, let's even go before that. At 10 one year, it's Todd Gurley. And then at four, it's Ezekiel Elliott. And then at four, it's Leonard Fournette. And then at two, it's Saquon Barkley. Why do the Jaguars get the one that sucks? I don't understand. <laughs> like, you had all this chance. Leonard Fournette can be a beast. He was number one overall recruit. He had, an, he had a pretty good rookie year. I mean, overall, his average still wasn't good, but he was making the plays when they needed him to make plays. And that and that's fine by me, right? Like, I just want you to be on the field. Last year, he had, I think, two or three games only with 20-plus touches. That's You can't do that. Like, Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone think it's 1995. They want to do this ground-and-pound shit. If you're going to do that, you need your bell cow to be there at least 14 games out of the year. I understand if you're getting 20 to 25 touches, you're going to miss a game here and there, and that's fine. Like, it, it really is fine by me. Um, I've been wanting them to take Miles Sanders in round three since day one, but they keep signing running backs. They signed, they signed another one today, right? Yeah, they signed Benny Cunningham, they signed Alfred Blue, and they've signed Thomas Rawls. I just don't see them actually taking a running back in this year's draft anymore. So there's that. Uh, we're not going to skip over Big Dick Nick here. Biggest, <laughs> biggest free agent signing for them, obviously. Everybody's talking about how much money it was. It actually upset me at the start, or I started thinking about it. And then I was like, well, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, salary cap keeps changing. Like, it's going to keep going bigger. And I remember last fall when I was getting pissed off that the Jaguars went three and out on six of seven series in the first half and, like, couldn't get past midfield so i'm good with it it's a quarterback that can throw the ball that can win a super bowl i mean you got tom coughlin and you got nick Foles. isn't that like tom brady's kryptonite right there just those two alone like let's just let's just take down the dynasty let's just do it i mean all right i'm all in on that 100%. the jaguars, 
the Jaguars are known for making people retire. So it's fine. Or like want trades. Like Le'Veon Bell's last game, losing to the Jaguars. Antonio Brown's last playoff game, losing to the Jaguars. Uh, Dan, Dan Marino just fucking was like, fuck it, I'm done after the Jaguars whooped his ass in the playoffs. Fucking one of the biggest upsets in NFL history. So that was awesome. So, yeah, we'll just fucking make Tom Brady finally leave the field and never come back. That would be awesome forever. All right. I'm on board. Okay. Um, wide receiver. I've been pretty vocal on this podcast about not being too happy with just not being proactive. Um, I get that we don't want to build teams off of free agency and all that, but I just felt like they weren't really going after anyone. As Austin has said multiple times, they did sign Chris Conley, which I'm actually very happy and excited about that. So right now their top four wide receivers are going to be Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, Chark, and Conley. Um, and then you got and Marcus, and, Marcus Lee. Yeah, and Marquise Lee, who is, uh, which I was getting to. Um, Lee coming off the ACL, it sounds like he's not going to be ready for the start of camp. They said he's still on track for week one, but if you're not ready for the start of camp, Marquise Lee, I don't know if he's ever gone a full off season, like through training camp without getting hurt since he's been in Jacksonville. So if you're coming off an ACL and coming in late, he's going to force it. He's going to get hurt. Um, so we'll see there. Then you got Keelan Cole, who a lot of you guys may know, undrafted guy, made that awesome one-handed grab against the Patriots in week two, and then kind of didn't do much the rest of the year. So I'm okay with that. Next year's class is just stacked with wide receivers. If they wanted to say, hey, let's go with what we have now and then try to get uh, one of those top guys next year, that would be fine by me. Tight end. They have to get a tight end early. That's why I'm pro. Take TJ Hawkinson at number seven overall. Nick Foles, I kind of mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Nick Foles relies on his tight ends. Uh, DeFilippo, his offense runs around tight ends. So they need one. They don't really have much there. Um, they ju- they signed Jeff Swam. Um, he was with the Cowboys the last couple of years. And then just re-sign some of their own guys that are more uh, blocking guys rather than pass catchers. So they obviously need to get some weapons there. Yep. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's ask this. I kind of thought of this question specific to your team because I feel like I do know the answer for the Chiefs and the Browns. Who is the heartbeat of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who is their leader? Clay S. Campbell. And he's got – you think this is his last season this upcoming year? I think it is. He's got two more years on his contract, I think. But next year it's going to be another, like, $14 million. So, I don't know, maybe not. So, he was still – obviously, he took second in uh, defensive player of the year voting two years ago. Last year had a really good season, was ranked actually as one of the best defensive ends in football, just didn't – produce the sack total that he had the year before um if he keeps playing like this yeah they're gonna play out that contract but it's just hard when because i think he'll be 34 35 by the time next season starts so it's kind of older but we'll see so let's uh, let's say offensively who is their captain offensively 
the report out of Philadelphia is that a lot of the players thought Nick Foles was a better leader than Carson Wentz, and that's why a lot of people wanted Nick Foles to stick around. And, I mean, that's part of the, why you, the reason you gave him that type of money. It's not just because he's a, a good quarterback and can win playoff games. It's you can, take a, you can take a locker room and really control it. So he'll be the leader of that team. I like it. You wanted your team to go 8-8, eight and eight, is that right? Yep. All right. You know what? That, that's how I was last year. I just wanted a 500 season. Yeah, I mean, the AFC South is fucking good. Yeah. I mean, you have the Colts, you have Houston, and the Titans are no joke. Like, they are a hard-hitting team that just win ball games. I mean, you know you know they're winning seven games every year. They, they might always be in that seven, eight, nine win range, but they're a good fucking team, and they own the Jaguars. Um, Henry, he'll, he won't fucking do anything for 14 other games of the year, but the two games he plays the Jaguars, you know, he's going for 600 yards. <laughs> Dude, that, that run that he had against the Jags, that crazy touchdown run, like he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But, like nobody have. wanted to tackle him. Yeah. And a couple years before that, Marcus Mariota had an 88 yard touchdown run against him. I mean, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be... Let's just play another trivia question. Um, (laughs) So, if you guys could guess one player, one player on the Jaguars' defense that did not miss a snap last year, who do you think that player was? On defense? On defense. Ramsey. Okay. Booyah. 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 Nope. Miles Jack. Damn it. I, I wanted to say it. Miles Jack. I but wanted I, to as shit. well. Damn it. I'm like, that, no way a linebacker plays every snap. Right? Isn't that nuts? Was like, coming out of college was the injury. Exactly. Otherwise he's a what? Top five pick? <sighs> Damn it. I should have just spoken up and So said I can't remember the other player, but there were there were two defensive players last year in the NFL that did not miss a snap. And Miles Jack is one of them, which is awesome. So um, I kind of was I kind of focused mainly on the offense earlier. Defense depth is horrible. Um, DBs like be- behind the starters, like you got nothing. You don't even have anything at free safety. Linebacker, you only have Telvin and you only have Jack. They drafted Leon Jacobs last year in the seventh round. Doug and Riley, you remember that picture I sent you guys of Leon Jacobs and how jacked he is? Yeah. Um. Everybody, if you want to see a jack dude that's kind of like DK Metcalf, you look at Leon Jacobs. He's he is a freak. Um. They did sign uh Jake Ryan from the Packers this off season, but he's coming off a torn ACL, so who knows like how much he's actually going to play. But he's been very good the last couple of years. One thing that I miss about Dante Fowler a lot is having that depth and having that extra pass rusher. So right now they have Yannick on one side, they have Clayus Campbell on the other, and then on the inside they'll always have like Avery Jones and Marcel Darius. Uh, when they're in like their passing formation, they'll move Clayus Campbell inside and then either put in Taven Bryant or Dwayne Smoot on the outside, but those guys are both bigger defensive ends. So you don't have, I love the duo of the speed rushers. And that's kind of what, when you had Fowler and Yannick on the other side, for me, 
Yannick is the biggest like key to this team. If he goes down, this whole team crumbles. Like he is the only guy that can get to the pass or get to the quarterback with like speed and other moves. His swipe move is fantastic. Um, and they just don't have any other speed moves. So that brings me to my next question for Austin and Doug. I have two mock drafts for rounds one, two, and three for the Jags. And I want to see which ones you guys like more. So let's remember the Jaguars do have two second or sorry, two third round picks. So it's going to be four picks on each mock draft here. I want to hear what you guys. No trades, no trades, no trades. I'm just going to go straight up. Okay. So round one, TJ Hawkinson. Round two, Chakai Polite. Round three, Kendall Sheffield. If you guys aren't familiar with Kendall Sheffield, cornerback out of Ohio State. And round three as well, Yadney Kajust. Okay. You guys got those down? Okay. Another second mock draft. First round, Brian Burns. Yeah, at seven. Yeah, don't give me that look, Austin. Brian Burns. Second round. Go Hakeem Butler. Round three, go Irv Smith. And also, round three, Chris Boyd. I'm doing I'm doing your second mock draft. That's what I would do. I like it all. For, I think Burns is seven's too soon. Uh, okay. And then so, your first one, Ja'Kai Polite, I think, I think he somehow still finds a way in round one. I'll disagree with you on that one. Um, I think New England... Okay. I think I think Irv Smith will be a New England pick, actually, as well, to be honest with you. But I'll go your second mock draft. Okay. So so let's say we swap out Brian Burns. Who who would you have at seven? Who's that in a pass rusher? If you think that's too early, Austin, what? You're thinking Montez Sweat? Exactly, Montez Sweat. If okay. he's not in the – if he doesn't somehow crazy some, – some crazy happens in the top five or someone yeah. doesn't, you know, trade up or trade back, then who knows how that mixture goes. I hate – talking trades or trying to predict something oh, like this oh, because you boss. you have it's no boss. idea what's going to happen, right? For sure. But exactly. I could I would rather see Montez Sweat there at 7 than Burns. Okay. So let's say it's Montez Sweat. So are you guys just saying don't take a tight end at 7? So what you guys are saying to me? No, I just don't like Jakai polite. Yeah, we you and I text about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for the Jags he'd be okay, but I'd still go the second mock draft. Yeah. So the, and I'm good with either one. I mean, I actually really like I Irv Smith. Can make this up, so I don't care. Yeah. But um, I I really want a defense. I want a defensive end in round one or round two. Um, if we truly don't think that like Polite's gonna fall to round two, then I would much rather number two as well and take either Burns or Sweat at seven. Like I. I just want that defense to be able to be – I mean, it was still good last year. A lot of people think it was bad. It was still the fifth overall defense last year. So, I mean, I just want that defense to be able to produce pressure and do what they need, what they did and let Nick Foles just do his thing, right? Like, let, yeah. in 2017, you scored 21 points, you're winning the game. Nick Foles can do that if you get the pressure that they were getting. Yeah, so. That's got to be their pitch to Foles, right? We're going to have a defense. This is your chance to come lead this team. Maybe when they trade Fowler, 
their thought then is we'll just replace him early in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know, but so um, your your number one area for improvement for Jacksonville. Uh, being able to get a first down. <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, being able to throw the ball. Uh, no. So I, I mean, it really is though. Like you, an offense that's not like pathetic, an offense that can actually move the ball. And I'm always like, I was, I've been super kind of critical of the Jaguars, um, wide receivers over the last year or two. And, but I got to always think they didn't have anybody throwing them the ball. Like what can they do when somebody's actually hitting them in stride and actually doing the right reads? And I mean, you go back and watch, I, I mean, I have, I did, uh, game pass, game field pass, whatever it's called. Um, if you guys don't do it, it's amazing. Get it. You can go back and watch every game from the previous week. It's awesome. And just watching just wide open wide receivers where like Bortles is throwing it like a five yard out route out of bounds, but like the corner route behind it was like wide open where you know that Nick Foles isn't going to miss that shit where I'm like, I'm being unfair to these these wide receivers, especially D.D. Westbrook. So I, I actually like D.D. Westbrook, and I think he's like an above-average wide receiver. But I honestly could see him being like a really, really good wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, fantasy guys, D.D. Westbrook later in the rounds. Same with D.J. Shark. I mean, you get those guys downfield. Yeah, I totally. Mean. And actually during their press conference uh, a couple weeks ago, Tom Coughlin actually came out and said, DJ Chark is going to be our Alshon Jeffrey in this offense. So also for you guys. So I think both of them are going to be good. I think Conley, I, I'm with you. I think Conley is going to be good. Um, and he doesn't, he's not going to have to do everything. I mean, just be that leader and just do, you know, be there on the field, make, make some big third down conversions that's what dd westbrook's amazing at though like dd always last year was coming up with third down that dude can take a lot of hits for being such a small guy he was getting lit up all the time during that kansas city game he got hit a ton and just like kept bouncing up and playing i i loved when they were playing the cowboys actually and obviously cowboys were just kicking the shit out of the jaguars they were up by like 30 and then jags D.D. Westbrook scores, and he celebrates, and, like, all these people are ripping him apart. Like, dude, you're down 30. Relax. And his response was amazing. He he was like, um, it's fucking hard to score in the NFL. It's hard to get into the end, end zone. So guess what? Every time I'm in there, I'm going to celebrate because I just achieved something that not very many people can achieve. Like, For if real. Or not, I'm going to celebrate with my with my teammates that we did do something successful even if the game hasn't been gone the way we want to yeah and also just kind of touching up on that i'm so stoked to see nick Foles with that offense too um because i mean in reality blake bortles i yeah yep blake bortles was blake bortles um it's gonna be really interesting to see what a good quarterback can really do with that offense um I'm excited, honestly, for the Jags. And if if it wasn't, honestly, for Trees, I could care less for the Jazz. But because of it, I actually pay attention to them now. And I'm really stoked for what Foles can do. And also for Foles to prove himself that it wasn't just a fluke or anything in the Eagles, that he really is that good of a quarterback. Love it. Good takes, guys. Good stuff. A lot of 
discussion to have there. We'll keep coming back to this as the season gets closer. So they were talking on the radio here in Kansas City how Kansas City sports, the franchises, the city hasn't had a superstar in the making like we do with Mahomes. All right, Patrick Mahomes is doing something here in Kansas City that's never been done. One, won an MVP, thrown for over 50 touchdowns. He broke Lynn Dawson's passing touchdown, uh, passing touchdowns in a season at 32. That was the record for the franchise for over 25 years. That's ridiculous. I don't know what it is for your guys' franchises or whatnot, but for that to be held for that long and all the quarterbacks that we've been through and the the great offenses that we've had, you know, the great offensive players that have been here, defensive players, for that stat to still stand and for Mahomes to break it within the first 10 weeks of the season, absolutely amazing. And then to go throw for another, yeah, you know, 28-plus. Exactly. So that you, that's just not what you've seen here in Kansas City. So to get to my point where they were talking about, does Mahomes have an opportunity to be on the cover of Madden? And a lot of people in Kansas City are probably going to say, yeah, you know what, probably not just because we don't, we don't want that Madden curse here. You know what I mean? We're, we finally have something to be proud of, something to be excited for. And so we don't want him on there. But that's just the stardom he's reached. So then it kind of clicked in my head, you know, who are guys that we could see being on the cover of Madden? And some names that instantly popped up. You know, I had four or five names that instantly came up, but I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts of anyone you've thought separately, you know, not looking at this list that I made on the dock. I kind of wish I wouldn't have put it on there just so I can hear your guys', you know, just pure thoughts come through. Well, the fun thing for us now is our guy Doug is about to own a PlayStation. So <laughs> That's we can right. All, uh, we can play Madden and have some fun with this. I don't know. My friendship with Trees for as long back as I can remember is just him educating me with football, playing Madden. That's how we really struck up our friendship with Doug as well as Madden. So this is a really fun question. Trees, start with you. What name are you seeing on the cover? And then um, Doug. So I actually haven't looked at your spreadsheet. I didn't even know this question was there. So there you go. Um, so my my first my first response or thought was Drew Brees, and then my second, which it won't happen, but I also could see it like being cool. Um, remember a couple years ago, and it was a long time ago now, where they had two players, where they had Fitzgerald and Paul Mello. I could see them doing something like. Aaron Donald with McVeigh on it, like both of those two guys on it. That'd, That'd be, be really pretty cool, cool, actually. That'd both be super of those cool. are awesome. Um, for me, I I could see Le'Veon Bell. Uh, just, I mean, new to the Jets, a lot of hype coming with him, a lot of expectations. Whether the Madden curse happens to him or not, I could care less. But I think it'd be cool to see Le'Veon Bell on the cover. Him or um, Jamal Adams, a Jets player, essentially. I like Jamal Adams. That's a good one I didn't think of. The only reason I didn't say Bell was just due to the fact that he took last year off, and they have no idea what he's going to be, you know. So uh, some guys that I had here, I don't know if you've seen the list or not. I thought Todd Gurley, Zeke. I think Zeke does have high potential, you know, Cowboys, America's team, the star on the cover of Madden. That'd be huge. You know, of course, Patrick Mahomes, I think, would be good would be good. I think a Jared Goff could be potential. I thought of this one on the, these last three on the fly. Uh, Russell Wilson out of Seattle. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. He had an amazing season last year. You know, he did something that not a lot of people have done before in the league. So I think him, they'll finally put him on, they'll get him on Madden to kind of help get his name recognized and kind of get him out there 
help build up more of a market for him. And then maybe even a Travis Kelsey, you know, just a guy that is now going to be rated as the top tight end in the league. I don't care what anyone else see, what anyone else says. <clears throat> Treese is definitely the first, <laughs> not the third. Zach Ertz better than Kelsey. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, they're not, they're not putting the third best tight end in, in the NFL on Madden. I'm exactly. Sorry. They're not putting Ertz on there. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking well, George Kittle. So, yeah, I'm thinking actually George Kittle would actually look way badass on this cover. Just saying. Right. But um, so I don't think it's going to be girly. Um, Zeke, I don't think EA wants that publicity, the whole Zeke thing. I know it's been a year, but I just don't think that they want to take that risk. Mahomes, I think, is the front runner there. I think Goff is obviously – actually, everybody else you named besides Kelsey is actually a very good option. So the Mahomes, Goff, Wilson, and McCaffrey are, are good options. When do we find out? Uh, usually in June or July. It's usually a month or two before the release. Yep. And, hey – that's right. I am getting a PS4 here soon. Let's go, baby. So all of us will be on the same system, and we're, we might have to start up something with uh, talking Football League or even just a tournament would be fun to do with some of the people. Tournament would be awesome. Also, if you guys want, you guys should give me ideas of what my next PSN name is going to be. Uh, it's It has been Bortles, but rather than the S, it's a five underscore combat. Uh, that's what it is right now and what it has been for a long time. But now that Bortles is gone, I need a new name. So give me some ideas. And why the fuck are you shaking your head, Austin? Just what the I... fact that you had belief in Bortles of being your freaking quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> like, all you had to do was watch a guy fucking throw. <laughs> it's not that I had belief in him. The name was awesome and creative. Did you ever see Mortal Kombat? Are these guys too young, Trees? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I whoa, love Mortal Kombat. Easy there. Easy there, like, big guy. Like, I, yeah, I play that game growing up. I'm trying to be logical. Okay. It's a creative name, dude. It is. It's all right. It's all right. I, it's a I'm, just, I'm just name. hating to hate right now. It's not that. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's I'm a just creative name. Hate. It just sucks that Bortles' name's in it. Yeah. yeah. So now I need to come up with a new name, and that's fine. It's exciting. It's like, all right, now, we'll, I mean. Does it cost to change it? Uh, no, because you have to renew every year, right? And so I would just sign up with a new, like, when that one expires, I would just sign up with a new email address. No joke. Yeah. I've been rolling with my freaking first name on there for four or five years, so every time yeah. I play, everyone just calls me by my name, and it drives me nuts. Right, so just, net, when whenever yours expires, just use, an, you can't use the same email address, because it's going to say that one's already linked to it. Just make a new Gmail account, and then just use that Gmail account for you. Do I lose all my stats and stuff on the account? Yes. Yes, you do. Ah, we'll look at that. But, but, but I mean... Like, what game are you playing that you want to keep your stats on? Probably none of them, but just the fact <laughs> of it. Because new games come out so often that, like, I mean, unless you're playing, like, Red Dead, right? Like, that you're going to be playing for years that you want to keep. But uh, I'm, I'm probably done with it now. Yeah, so. Yeah. We're right on. Um, we've had a rather fun talk some debates to be going on twitter polls to be made and questions to be asked hey what who won that who won my twitter poll that i put up with the wide receiver one devonte adams get out of here that's right devonte adams franchise wide receiver i mean you, you, 
You won the. I'm all on board. You won the. You won the Jaguars. Uh, or sorry, not the Jaguars. The Chiefs Chargers one earlier. And that one had a lot of votes. That one had that was one hundred votes. So but hey, yeah, nope. Devonte Adams won that one. But so, speaking of Twitter, if anybody ever has questions um, in regards to football, anything we talk about, any comments, send us them. We've had a couple that we'll probably get to on Monday in our new episode. Uh, but definitely interact with us. Um, if you ever want to talk to us specifically on Twitter, we also, of course, have our personal accounts. Uh, mine, for instance, is at Life Through Doug. Mine is Riley L. O'Brien. All lowercase, no underscores or anything. Austin Jam 33. And mine is just at Justin Truce. Dude, you're so lucky that it's just your first and last name. I know, that's super nice. Makes it easy, but definitely interact with us, talk to us. That's also, for right now, where you can get shirts from us as well, because we're ordering those here pretty soon. Um, but thank you for listening, of course. We always appreciate it. If you're on iTunes, subscribe to us, like us, leave a review on everywhere else. Just keep listening. We appreciate it. We love you. And tonight, we've been talking football.